Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we are live. We're running late. My fault. But uh, we're live. I just realized we got to fix this camera. Just a hair. Just a hair. Uh, welcome in, everybody. I'm going to close this or it's going to bother me. To the Huddle Up Podcast, let me bring on Facebook. We're going to get this party started proper. Lots to talk about tonight for a sleepy June 7th, but we're going to get to it here. Welcome in to the Huddle Up Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Pods. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me is my fellow football priest and the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach, we got a lot to talk about today as the Broncos Kicked off 11-on-11 drills. Lots of play-by-play from our fellow uh, you know, beat writers out there that were in attendance. Lots of, um, as you, to coin your term, piling on of a certain Drew Locke. We'll talk about all that here in just a minute. The first thing I wanted to pick your brain on, though, because I was juggling some baby stuff today, doctor's appointments, things like that. What's going on with Juwan James? What the? So he's filing a grievance against the Broncos, which we expected, right? We expected that was probably going to happen. But the Ravens paid this dude? Well, they guaranteed him 500000 this year. It's a two-year contract worth up to $9 million. They're paying him 500000 basically to rehab this year and get right from that injury. And, Chad, if you remember, there was a report that came out before the Broncos cut him that the Achilles tear or whatever rupture might not be season-ending necessarily. So, regardless, the Ravens are paying him to sit out 500000 guaranteed. And then next year, if you look at what they're getting, i got to give Baltimore credit. This is great foresight on the part of uh, their front office. If you can get a potential, 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 that's all Juwan James is. But, you know, when he's on the field, he's a pretty good tackle. You're getting that guy for $4.5 million. And I'm sure a lot of it is built in with incentives and this and that. So that's Juwan James from a Baltimore perspective, from a Broncos perspective, he has filed a grievance. He's seeking $15 million in damages because he cited the fact he was hurt away from Dove Valley, uh, not at Dove Valley, and the Broncos did recoup the $10 million in his salary after he was declared a post-June 1st cut. So, Got to give credit to Juwan James or his agent. He knows how to finesse the NFL really well. He's making bank despite not playing this year once again. Apologies, my camera's trying to give me some problems here, popping off its stand. So if that happens again, I'll bounce out, come back, get her fixed proper. But I don't know, dude. 
I think as far as Juwan James is concerned, like NFL teams should probably avoid him like the plague for a while until he shows, you know, that he can stay healthy. It really surprised me that the Baltimore Ravens paid him. The only, I know half a million guaranteed, whatever, but still to give him a contract when, I mean, the majority of the reporting we saw, Zach, was that he's done for the season. There was that one report that quickly got swept under the rug that he might be able to return this year. Broncos saw their opportunity to move on from this guy. What do you, I just can't? I just can't see what the what the Ravens are are thinking there. Yeah, it's at a discount relative to what he was making in Denver, but you just opened yourself a can of worms over there, Eric DaCosta. Yeah, I mean, it's a good position for Baltimore to be in, though. They don't really need a tackle right now. They're a championship contending team. And if he comes back and plays next year and plays up to his standard when he was in Miami, you have an upper echelon tackle. If not, I'm sure, based on the way his contract is structured, as we'll find out, they can probably get out of it with little or no financial burden. So it's a, a dot chart. If he works out, great. If it doesn't, no loss on us. And at least maybe in that scenario, he would respond better being in that re- environment. Maybe he needed to change the scenery. I don't know, but he's not Denver's problem any longer. Indeed. On to slightly you know, more relevant, brighter topics here for Broncos country. Don't worry, we're going to get to OTAs and all that. But Zach, a legend hung up his figurative cleats today. The Greek... The Broncos director of sports medicine, longtime team doctor, and very close friend, one of Pat Boland's, the late Pat Boland's, one of his closest and best buddies in the world, decided to retire after 45 seasons with the Denver Broncos. And I think it's, you know, it's appropriate to honor this guy for his contributions. I mean, he dates back nearly half a century. And as Vic Fangio said today, it's unheard of to see whether it's a personnel guy, a staffer, a medical, whatever. You don't see guys outside of owners, and even owners typically don't have that long of a run, stay with the same team. And Greek, Zach, he presided over some pretty remarkable success. I mean, the majority of the history of the Denver Broncos. But if you look at this press release we got from Patrick Smythe, 22, uh, 27 winning seasons. Uh, he's, he was a contributor to all eight of the Broncos Super Bowl teams. 22 playoff berths, 15 AFC West titles, 10 AFC title games, three Super Bowl wins. And it says here, quote, the Broncos will honor Antonopoulos by renaming the training room at UC Health Trainer, uh, UC Health Training Center, the Steve the Greek Antonopoulos Athletic Training Room. So it was kind of funny, Zach, last thing here to hear Vic Fangio today say, yeah, you know, he gave the man his props, but he's like, you know, He's going to retire. I'm not sure his wife is going to really love him being home so much once, you know, the dust settles. He'll be back. I doubt it, but who knows? I mean, I got to give him credit. 45 years in any field, you know, is is so impressive. And, we, you know, we talk about all the time – Peyton Manning, John Elway, Terrell Davis, Broncos legends, Von Miller, but Greek has really been the one that's seen the best of the Broncos, the worst of the Broncos, 45 years worth of the Broncos, their formative years, their peak, and unfortunately in the last couple, five years or so, uh, a decline, but he served them all well, and you know what, when you get a shout-out from John Elway, a shout-out from Mike Shanahan, you've done something right, he's earned his recognition, and most importantly, he's earned uh, retirement, I hope he enjoys it. I like this particular blurb on his resume. The Greek oversaw the Broncos' athletic training for Elway's 1987 NFL MVP season, as well as 
Pro Football Hall of Famer Peyton Manning's comeback year in 2012 and his MP th- uh, MVP campaign of 2013. That's actually pretty special because even though, Zach, Peyton Manning, you know, he had the procedures done on his neck before he landed in Denver, the four different surgeries, you know, it, there was a big onus on the Greek to keep this dude upright. You know, they couldn't exactly put Peyton Manning in bubble wrap, but they had to figure out a way to continue to coax. Because, you know, when he came and worked out for the Broncos <clears throat> and all those teams, when he went on his free agent, you know, tear uh, tour, I guess is a better way to put it. He still was gaining back full function. The the version of, the, of Peyton Manning Broncos fans saw the first quarter of that 2012 season. That was actually leaps and bounds beyond what the Guys like Elway, when they went to sniff him out and work him out, John Fox, the Greek, they saw a much more diminished version of that, and the Greek was a big part of helping him, once he signed with the Broncos, get back to whatever, however close to that full-strength Peyton Manning he could get. He never quite gained back full um, physical, his full physical constitution, but he got dang close, and Greek deserves some credit for that. My only hope is somewhere along that process, they said, get him to the Greek. And that's my bad dad joke of the day. All right, guys. We uh, got a lot to get to. I see a few super chats are stacking up. Let's say hello to Muhammad, who got in early, as he is wont to do. Love you, buddy. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. John will find the actual super sticker, but wanted to shout you out. I know there's one or two more. There's Tom as well. Thank you. Tom, what's up, dude? Good to see you up there in Canada. He said, I heard Teddy is balling out. Heard Locke was checking down again. Do you guys think that Peyton's session has got Locke thinking too much and not playing Locke-like football? Should we be concerned, guys? Zach, answer this. I want to. I'll, I'll wait till the other side of matters of business to address some of these things on Twitter and the other things we were going to talk about. But your reply here for Tom. I don't think it's Peyton Manning so much. I mean, checking down, that seems like a Pat Shermer problem, maybe drilling it into his head. Listen, take less chances. Be more conservative. Don't turn the football over. I didn't really see that, though, based on the reporting out of OTAs today. I understand Teddy Bridgewater had a good practice. He also threw a pick. He also threw an interception at the end. Not a lot of people have heard about that. That wasn't amplified. That wasn't widely publicized. But Locke threw a pick, and I'm sure you heard about that. What you probably didn't hear, and I'll save a lot of this rant for uh, after the break, is that he had a blister on his hand, and one of the picks he threw, the ball squirted out of his hand in in seven-on-seven drill. So it's really not worth getting angry over it's not worth giving a lot of your energy into tom it's otas right now voluntary practices these things are going to happen Locke wasn't the only one throwing picks bridgewater isn't the only one that's been looking good this is the process now and what's lost here chad what's forgotten they're both going against this is also uh new players around them having to install the offense hopefully a revamped revamped offense under pat Shermer. they're going up against what could be the best defense in the NFL. And that, I think, is a forgotten point, uh, on Twitter at least. Indeed. There's a lot that I want to say on this topic. I'm going to wait, though. Don't worry, Tom. I'll come back. We'll, we'll keep talking about this on the other side of matters of business. There's Muhammad Super Sticker. What's up, dude? How's baby Malik? Hope he's doing well. Um, appreciate you, my friend. couple things. I'm just going to put a pin in that just for a second and do a lightning quick matters of business. All right, guys, make sure you're connected with us on social media, starting with Twitter at huddle up pod at mile high huddle. Um, Also Zach Kelberman on Twitter at Kelberman NFL, myself at Chad and Jensen and our great producer Buona beast on Twitter at John K M H H. 
Make sure you're following the Huddle Up Podcast on Facebook. Open up the app on your phone, search Huddle Up Podcast, easy to do, or navigate on a browser, facebook.com slash milehighhuddlepod. Consider becoming a supporter of Mile High Huddle on Facebook. If you go to our main page, you'll know you're in the right place because you'll see all the logos and you'll see 95,000 followers or something like that. Click the big blue button at the top. That gets you access to Kelberman's Corner every Sunday at noon, the Trickle Zone every Saturday at noon. I'm fixing to unveil a new show that I'm going to be doing for our paying premium VIP subscribers over there on Facebook. That's how you get access to that. Check out the merch store too, gang, while you're at it. These are ways to support what we're doing here. Help keep the lights on. HuddleUpPod.com. Get your swag on. All right. Hat, T-shirt. We showed you guys last night. We unveiled a new T-shirt design with these two mugs. And yes, Zach, we did get some guff. Hey, Chad's on the right. Zach's on the left on the T-shirt. This is discombobulating us. This is throwing us off. Well, guys, if you notice, the reason why it's set up the way it is is that Zach's wearing a hat, and the way it's just set up, it would have if it's if it was this way, it would have screwed up the whole thing. So, it doesn't matter. It's the both of us, and it's a it's a sick design. And Zach, we saw a an absolute avalanche of support for that shirt last night. People going over our listeners, our community members, our superstars, buying shirt order after order after order. So, thank you guys for that support. We really appreciate you. It all adds up. It all helps. Uh, keep the lights on here. And guys, if you're not in a position to do those things, just being here with us, hey, that's really all that matters. Seriously, that's that's the the bottom line. We appreciate you being here. Make sure you're subscribed. Do us a favor and like the video if you're on YouTube or Facebook. Even if you don't agree with every single take that comes out of my mouth or Zach's mouth, liking the video is a great way to support us organically. Helps to ensure that this content gets out to other Broncos fans. And three is the best way to ensure that it gets out to other Broncos fans. Share this video out there. Share this podcast episode out there on your social media and help us continue to grow and reach those new like-minded Broncos fans currently wandering the NFL desert, ignorant and unaware that this community is out there waiting to embrace them. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at woodhousebuickgmc.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at woodhousebuickgmc.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. All right, real quick, Zach, to go, come back to the topic that Tom uh, addressed at the at just a moment ago. I want to get to this, all right? Mike Kliss, one of, you know, maybe 
10 or 11, 12 reporters that are watching OTAs today, right? 11 on 11. Mike Kliss reports, Drew Locke on Twitter, just through his second pick, seems to be pressing. And then if you go down and look at some of these uh, replies, this is what Zach meant when he said the piling on, all right? It, it just it kind of got ridiculous. But here's the, here's the point I wanted to make on this topic. Guys, remember how just a couple nights ago we were talking about locked arrangement syndrome? It's not just something that infects national media. It's not just something that infects fans, a minority of fans. It infects local media as well. How many tweets, Zach, if we were to uh, you know, somehow quantify today, when Locke threw a pick, how many reporters went quickly to tweet that out, and not just once, but then reply and other tweets on the same topic? And yet when Teddy Bridgewater threw a pick, crickets, nothing, all right? It's an illustration of what's really at work here, what's, what Drew Locke is really up against. And in some sense, it's of his own doing, right? He, he failed to leave no doubt. I hate using double negatives last year, but he failed to leave no doubt. But guys, you got to read when you read these tweets from the beat writers and we're going to have Luke there. Luke Patterson's going to be there watching all of training camp and beyond um, very, very soon. So we'll have our own MHH eyes on this thing very, very soon. But in the meantime, as you're reading tweet feeds of whatever beat writers you might be following, you've got to arm yourself with the appropriate um, perspective. All right. And that is that they're going to sweep things under the rug. It seems like anyway, on Teddy Bridgewater, I, I don't mean to paint with too broad a strokes, but that's how it's come off the first three weeks since Teddy's been in the buildings at. I'll paint with very narrow strokes right now. If you pull up a tweet from Troy rank, who I, I like and respect a lot what he's done for the Broncos beat over the years. He had a tweet about OTAs and he said, Teddy Bridgewater looked good, delivered a touchdown, this and that. And then literally tucked in the last bit of the tweet was, Oh, he threw a pick too. Whereas with Locke, it was like you saw Mike Liss, the most, I think, venerable reporter on the beat, the longtime mouthpiece of the team who I respect also a lot and appreciate for what he does, seems to be pressing in OTAs. Why are we counting picks right now? Some people, and I don't mean him necessarily or anyone necessarily in particular, some people care more about being right than the Broncos being good. And that's where it's a problem for me. They are waiting and praying and hoping, sitting by their phones, sitting by their keyboards, refreshing Twitter for updates. And as soon as Drew Locke does throw a pick or doesn't do anything besides curing cancer and curing the pandemic short of that, they're going to pile on with these comments. Passed on Justin Fields. Teddy wins the job. He's a bust, this and that. You know who's throwing interceptions and OTAs? Paxton Lynch. You know who's throwing uh, touchdowns and OTAs? Paxton Lynch. How did that turn out? Nothing can be determined from June 7th. Nothing at all. I don't care if Locke threw five touchdowns today. I would have still come on here and made the same exact point. Wake me up when it's September 30th, October 30th, when the season starts and the bullets start flying. That's when it matters. Not that one quarterback threw an interception and one threw a pick today. And the people that are just waiting and hoping that the Broncos want to get worse at quarterback, they'd rather insert Teddy Bridgewater and stake the entire season on him than hoping that their own guy works out, that the guy the Broncos want to work out, that they're giving another chance to, they want to see him fail because they want to 
enjoy their own narrative and make sure it's perfectly manufactured, perfectly manicured, and tended to their liking. And anyone who disputes that, anyone who gets in the middle of that, anyone who challenges that is downplayed, silenced, and in some cases, canceled. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Unfortunately. Unfortunately. But guys, here's the thing. You know, if the picks continue to be a trend from Drew Luck in the OTAs in summertime, the more it happens, the longer it continues, the more concerning it might become. But it's still OTAs. We're not even to training camp yet. But the, the flip side to that is I'm old enough and I've been covering NFL long enough to remember the summer of 2018. What happened then? Well, Patrick Mahomes was inheriting the mantle of Alex Smith, who had just gotten dealt away. And the Chiefs were going to roll with their new first-round pick. That's what they're doing. Hell or high water, all in. Let's go. And, Zach, I, I mean, because I'm so closely uh, – I, I have several colleagues that I'm close with that cover Chiefs, Seth Kaiser, amongst many others. I saw just constant hand-wringing and freaking out over the Patrick Mahomes interceptions in OTAs that persisted into training camp. Then what happens? He comes out and and – gives you an MVP season. Does that mean that's what's going to happen with Drew Locke? Not at all. That's not what I'm saying, guys. Do not misconstrue. I don't want that to turn into a, oh, you can't compare uh, Drew Locke to John Elway first two or three years. He was a Hall of Famer. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm telling you is OTAs, in fact, I've heard multiple coaches say it this way. This is the time to get those mistakes out. Do you want mistakes? No. But if it's part of the growing process, if it's part of the install, because again, remember, there were big parts of Pat Shermer's offense last year that wasn't able to get installed because of a lack of time. And so you, you think, hey, you know, Drew Locke, this is his second year in the offense. Zach, that's true. But there's also a lot of new stuff that he's being installed and learning this year um, that the coaches just simply didn't have time to get to, not just because of Drew Locke, but they didn't have time for the offense to install these, these systems. And so as he's learning and going through the process, you're going to expect and you're going to in some ways, kind of hope to see him, you know, you learn more from making a mistake than you do on a success, all right? So if this is still happening and it's it's a constant, by the time you get to game three of the preseason, then I think we'll have our answer, right? They're going to go with Teddy Bridgewater. But it's so early. Even Vic Fangio today, Zach, right. said, miss me on that question. There's not enough there there yet to say anything definitive, to even have a small takeaway on Drew or the, any quarterback right now is – you know, miss me on that. Exactly. If you don't take it from us and you're entitled not to, you know, buy into our viewpoints, take it from Vic Fangio. I mean, the guy who probably wants Teddy Bridgewater in the back recesses of his mind, he wants Bridgewater to win because I think he'd want the safer quarterback, the guy who's going to check it down, the guy who's not going to turn it over, even though he threw 11 picks last year compared to Locks 15. I think he would want the more experienced guy. But even he's saying, listen, nothing can be determined just yet at all on June 7th, and nothing will be determined until we get through mandatory minicamp, all of training camp, the majority of the preseason, and we'll see what, what it shakes out then. My point, though, is if Teddy Bridgewater had a blister on his hand, would anyone know about it? Would anybody care? Would it, what would the narrative be if he had a blister? It would be, well, he threw a pick. That's probably what happens when you have a blister. But with Locke, he has a blister on his throwing hand. It's an excuse. And to real quick, to give Troy Rank some credit too, his column that reported on what happened today starts with, quote, the calendar provides a flashing reminder to not overreact 
it's June, no decisions happen. However, then he qualifies it, Zach, with a caveat. Separation, however, can develop. Promises can jump from Zoom transcripts to practice reps, right, is what he says. Close quote. We'll come back to that here in a second. Last spring, you chose hardworking seed, but did it work as hard as you did? At NK Seeds, we know that all the time, all the effort comes down to this. All that matters now is yield and how the seed perform on your acre. Because you can't fake performance. And bushels don't lie. Local results coming soon. Visit nkseeds.com slash harvest. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Uh, We got Edward been waiting patiently. Good to see you, brother. Appreciate the support, as always. He says, Locke haters all going crazy over Locke, uh, his one turnover, but are silent when Bridgewater also throws a pick. Locked arrangement syndrome is all too real. Thanks, Chad and Zach. Denver Broncos for life. Locked 2021. Let them hate. Denver Broncos for life. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's a real phenomenon. It's fun to see. When you know what you're watching for, sorry, John, when you know what to watch for, it's actually kind of entertaining to see how, I mean, you can predict exactly how it's going to unfold, all right? For every, um, what's, what's a good way to put it? For... For every one pick Teddy Bridgewater throws, no, that's the opposite way. I'm going to do away with that little, forget that. But nevertheless, it's always going to be conflated and overblown for Drew. And a big part of that is, is again, it's part of his own doing, right? He failed to completely knock it out of the park last year when, when he was given the opportunity to be the understood quarterback with no competition. I mean, the Broncos didn't bring in anyone to really push Drew. And even though that's what I was actually a proponent of, I, th- I saw that as a good call. Hey, Flacco's gone. It's time to kind of let Drew take on the mantle of being the guy without there being any mixed signals in the locker room. Let's see if he can grow into that privilege. A lot of different factors contributed to it. We can go through the pandemic we can go through all that stuff, but it just didn't happen. So on one hand, it's all, it's, it's Drew's own fault, but on the other, it has been so blown out of proportion the way the dude gets unfairly treated by media and fans alike that some fans, some fans, some fans that, it just really is entertaining to see how it unfolds that. 
Yeah, it's it's two different uh, barometers. There's two different standards at play for the Broncos quarterbacks uh, on the roster right now competing for the starting job. And it's right back to 2016, right back to 2017. Team Trevor, Team Paxton, pick your side and let's go to war. And all it did is divide the fan base. We talked about yesterday uh, what Mark Murphy said about the Aaron Rodgers situation dividing the Packers fan base. This open competition has divided the Broncos fan base. We see it on our podcast, Chad. I mean, we see the fans, you're either sunk into one side or the other. There's really little vacillation going on. I, for one, can say, listen, if Locke doesn't cut it, he should be replaced, and I would hope Teddy does well, but that's not a popular sentiment. You, you have your guy, and you're sticking with him uh, thick or thin. Let me echo that, guys. I'm going to continue to sit here and tell you that I do think Drew Locke ultimately ends up the winner of this competition. But if he proves unequal to the opportunity and Teddy Bridgewater bests him, or is given the opportunity and fails to meet expectations, <clears throat> excuse me, and is replaced by Teddy. I'll be right here alongside Zach saying, Hey man, tough cookies, man. Drew had his shot. Didn't work out. You know, we thought he was going to pop. We were wrong. Didn't work out. Charge it to the game. I still don't think that's how it's going to shake out. I think Drew Locke right now, you know, I think he's probably a little unsettled by just kind of how the off season has unfolded and things kind of shifting around him. A lot of changes, a lot of new faces, but the one thing that he's got in his corner is that it's the same scheme. So hopefully we'll start seeing things stabilize. And I'll feel a lot more comfortable and confident with what's happening there once we have Luke there on every single day, watching every single rep on team drills. I'll feel a lot more confident in what's coming out. Until then, I view everything, Zach, through a very skeptical lens because it's all coming through a biased, twisted, you know, Locked arrangement syndrome view. Uh, Mark Langley, what's up, dude? Good to see you, brother. Been a minute. Hope you're doing well. Give my best to the missus. He says, what's up, my guys? Chad, dad. Hey, KK. Hey, John. Huddle up pod. Football priest, MHH. Good to see you, Mark. Glad to have you back in the saddle with us, bud. All right. Let me see where we're at real quick, John. Oh, you got it queued up. Jay Ritchie. What's up, dude? Good to see you. Been a minute. Hope things are going well. He says, what's up, fellas? Been listening to every podcast. Awesome, as always. Thanks, my friend. What's your take on today's recap of 11 on 11? Mace, um, Mace. so Andrew Mason made it out yeah. that Locke it, is struggling. And there's inside news here. Yeah, I mean, guys, I think what you saw today was a quintessential gross, could be predicted, overreaction on what people are seeing. Teddy Bridgewater is a veteran. You expect him to probably be a little bit more. I mean, this isn't a new scheme to him. He's having to relearn some of the verbiage and stuff like that. And a few of the changes because offensive coordinators, they tweak things each and every year. But this was something Fangio addressed today when talking about a different player. He was talking about Kyle Fuller coming back and playing in Fangio's defense. He knows the defense. It's like putting on a pair of shoes that you wore for a year. It fits right in. A couple of tweaks. Now, Drew Locke, he's got that one year under his belt, and that's going to serve him well, I think. Give it a little bit of time. you got to give it all the way up through training camp in the early uh, preseason until you can have a confident beat on what's going on. Honestly, right now, what I feel like more than anything, Zach, is like an um, interpreter. Not even a psychologist. I'm not here, you know, uh, no one's on the couch, so to speak, but Broncos fans needing like an interpretation 
of what is being reported because there's a lot getting blown out of proportion. And I don't know exactly what's going on. I tried to find out a little bit more depth on this because I wrote a piece about it, but Locke's got the blister on his fingers. My guess, it's from this, all right? Quarterbacks, Zach, they have that nervous tick, right, where they, they're trying to get the grip. They do that all the time. Locke does it all the time. I don't know. Who knows if that has much to do with it? Probably nothing, to be honest with you, but you can't go too far down the rabbit hole yet, Jay. It's June 7th. Exactly. That's going to be my answer to a lot of the questions tonight. It's June 7th. It's voluntary OTAs. Again, it doesn't really uh, move me one way or the other. This is the only piece of advice I can offer you, Richie, or anyone else out there following OTAs, following practice on Twitter. A lot of the people tweeting have their own opinions. They have their own agendas. They have their own horse in this race, so to speak. And the person you laid out there quite clearly wants the Broncos to trade for Aaron Rodgers. You see it on Twitter. So, I wouldn't look at him as in a pro-lock lens. I wouldn't look to him if you want an objective analysis on Drew Locke. What I would do, as I always suggest, is take a lot of tweets, a lot of different reports, and then form your own analysis. Use your own eyes, your own brain, and your own opinions and reach your own conclusions. Don't be spoon-fed by anyone. Yeah. And, guys, there's no reason to get emotional about it one way or another. Like, at the end of the day, whether you're hoping – Teddy Bridgewater wins the job, or if you're hoping Drew Locke wins the job, you should want to see both quarterbacks do well, right? You want to you want to see the position for your team take a step forward, and I think it will this year. Now, even if it means I end up being wrong and Drew's not the one that takes a step, but Teddy comes in and stabilizes things, that's a step forward, and that's something to celebrate. But don't get caught up in the vitriol. Don't get caught up in every little word and tweet, you know, dripping with scorn. I mean, Zach – reading some of the mentions today from just some of the things you tweeted, I was like, and these are people we know members of the community, followers, listeners been with us a long time. I'm like locked arrangement syndrome has got some people fit to be tied. Chad, I lost three followers from that tweet. I did not even mention lock by name. I mean, it's a, I just said overreaction is a tradition unlike any other involuntary OTAs. Nowhere there did I mention Drew Locke. But again, people are waiting to pounce on anyone, anyone that has a pro-Locke stance. Uh, just to illustrate this, all right, Fangio's a guy. I'm going to read two things to you to illustrate. Fangio, more often than not, he's just going to tell it to you like it is, whether it's perfectly crafted PR you know, uh, remark or if it's something that ends up being a little um, startling and alarming and maybe a little too blunt and direct. On whether he saw Drew Locke, because if you read uh, Troy Rank's piece today, and again, props to Troy. Love Troy. Seriously, one of the kindest dudes I've ever met in this business. Great guy, utter professional, legend is Troy, uh, Troy Rank. Whether it's, you know, Troy Rank's breakdown on what happened today, who I think it might have been Troy who said, you know, Drew Locke was uneven. He seemed like he was holding on to the ball too long. I think that was part of his piece. But that question got fielded to Vic Fangio, as we mentioned earlier. Here's what Fangio said relative to the question of if he sees Drew Locke second-guessing himself as he goes through his progressions one day into 11-on-11. Quote, not really. I think it's too early to come to any conclusions one way or the other, even a small conclusion. Mike Shula and Pat Shermer are working with him on that stuff. I'm not worried at this point. He's not worried about it at this point, close quote. Now, if you think to yourself, well, no, that's just Vic Fangio, you know, uh, taking one for the team, trying to protect Drew Locke. That's not really how Fangio rolls. 
Alexander Johnson is one of his dudes. Let me read to you what he had to say about Alexander Johnson today to illustrate that, look, it's to the point with Vic. It's to the point for better or for worse. Earlier in his presser, he talked about how some players, uh, there's two kinds of players, the ones that are that listen too much to what the coaches say and they don't, you know, it ends up ignoring their instinct out there on the field and they kind of box themselves in. And the players who don't listen to the coaches at all, right? And he had set, talked about that earlier in his presser. Then he got a question about Alexander Johnson on what he expects to see from him. Quote, we're looking for him to be more assignment and technique conscious and be a fundamental player. At times, he can stray a little bit from the exact thing the coaches are telling him to do. He fits into that category, that other category. You don't want the guys that only do what the coaches say, and you don't want the guys that don't do what the coaches say. He's leaning towards too much of the other right now in his career of not doing what the coaches say. We've got to get him more dialed in. When he does, and we find that happy medium, he'll even be a lot better, close quote. So when he says it's too early, I'm not worried about it at this point, not even a small conclusion can be drawn from what we've seen from the quarterbacks up to this point. Take his word for it. I mean, just ask Von Miller. I mean, Fangio's first ever press conference as Broncos coach. He was up there criticizing a future Hall of Famer. So uh, he's, I'm not overly the biggest Fangio fan, but I will give him credit for one thing. He is pretty transparent. What he says is what he means, and what he means is what he says. And uh, if he says that about the Broncos quarterback competition, again, on June 7th, it's worth taking note of. Shout out to Travis. Good to have you with us, buddy, on Facebook. Appreciate your support. He says, happy Monday, my football priest. I don't watch on the weekends, but I watch during the week. I love the show. Faux show, Denver Broncos for life. You know, I notice, you know, our our rhythm here at MHH is a, is a lot different than our competitors. Not only in our podcast platform, we go live and podcast and publish literally seven days a week. And it's not canned, pre-recorded stuff that we just save and upload on a Saturday and a Sunday. We have a live show in the depths, dog days of the NFL summer. That's something that we do that is unique to us. But you know what? There's a lot of listeners, Zach, who might say, um, you know, I got this going on on Saturday. I got to go catch the kids' softball game, or we're going camping, or we're going fishing, or we're going on a little mini, you know, weekend vacation or whatever, and they miss the show on weekends. It's all good. We're just happy, Travis, when you're with us. But just know, gang, we're going to be here. Huddle a podcast four of the seven nights a week, but you're going to get a live MHH pod every single day. And it's been that way, Zach, since January of 20, well, January of 2020 is when we turned it into a seven days a week deal. And luckily for you, Travis, the week starts on a Sunday, so you can watch us on Sundays now. We appreciate all your support, as always. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. 
tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, let me see where we're at here. There's a few other storylines. In fact, while I'm kind of surfing through this, what is your take, Zach, on what he had to say about Alexander Johnson? Do you feel like Fangio was being a little too harsh? Do you think he was trying maybe? um, I don't think there was much strategy behind it but do you think maybe he was trying to kind of indirectly through the media because he knew that that would generate maybe a headline or two including from us i'm going to write about it later on uh to kind of motivate johnson to come back to this side of the line that he talked about not freelance so much and just listen to what we're trying to tell you on the coaching side and it's going to pay dividends I don't know that he had a secret motive or he had some, you know, plot. And that's why he made these comments about him. I think he's being honest again. And listen, he cut his teeth in the NFL coaching linebackers. And I think he takes a, a, a more of a tough love approach with that position. He's honest, but he's also uh, respectful of what they can do, what they bring to the table. And he views AJ for what he is. He's a two down thumper. But that's why they drafted Baron Browning. That's why they, they brought in a cover linebacker. He's not that good in that department. Uh, if he can just stick to his game, I think that's what Fangio is saying here. You can be a successful linebacker. We'd love to have you. He's also in you know, a year where it's kind of make or break for AJ. He can make himself some money if he has a good season this coming year. And they also know, or at least the Broncos do, listen, you don't cut it. If you don't take my words, AJ, we have Barron ready to replace you. We have Justin Sternod waiting in the wing. So either step up or face getting shipped off. By the way, it was really cool hearing from Sternod over the weekend. He sat down, provided some quotes to Eric DeLala of the Denver Broncos team site. That dude is motivated. I really think if Justin Sternod can stay healthy, man, sky's the limit for him this year, so I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Uh, Shout out really quick to four legends on Facebook, some of our great Facebook super supporters. Gary Leach Palmer, what up, dude? Love you. Big-time patronizer also of the merch store. We see you. Uh, Travis Zebulon Omega, Kevin Lind with the uh, Klingon you know, name, love it, dude. Uh, and Brad Murdoch, legend as well. Appreciate your guys' support on Facebook. Uh, real quick here, let me grab, speaking of support, Dale, what's up, dude? We're looking forward to 
Next time we go live, having Dale with us in the saddle for the next Superstar segment Wednesday night. Appreciate your support, my friend, and we can't wait to talk to you. He says, fans need to remember Denver could have the best secondary in the league. I would be more concerned if the defense wasn't creating turnovers. They've been near the bottom since Fangio took over. Be excited for the season, guys. That's a part of it, but I honestly, at this stage, I'm not. If I was going to try and read into what's happening right now, all right, which I'm not, but if I were going to, I would read more into the individual play and decisions and all that of the cues more so than I would the defense at large. Yes, they loaded up at cornerback in particular, but they haven't been on the field much. I mean, when Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch were going at it in 2016, I mean, this was the world champion no-fly zone. That I mean, it's like walking into a buzzsaw every single day. Those dudes knew each other front to back. I mean, they were as intimate and close and just experienced working together as it got. That was a different animal. Now, maybe this unit eventually reaches that caliber of the no-fly zone, but they're still getting to know each other right now. And individually, they have some talent. Obviously, we know that. But I'm a, wait till the preseason. Wait till training camp, and then maybe that becomes more of a pressing point. It's something to monitor, and I do think it's one of those Zach iron sharpens iron, uh, iron sharpens iron type of deals where it's like whether it's Drew or Teddy by fire. You're going through a trial right now, so get ready to sharpen those blades because you have no choice but to do that when you're stabbing against freaking a, a stone wall day in and day out, you have no choice but to either sharpen that blade into a razor or it's just going to bust off in half and you're done. Yeah, and the logic being if they can succeed against the Broncos' league-best secondary, they can succeed against any other secondary in the NFL. But to a previous point, one of Locke's picks was to Justin Simmons today, and he's the highest-paid safety in football. So we should hope, Chad, he's getting these picks. We should hope the Broncos' defense, considering what they've invested in that secondary, they are causing turnovers and forcing takeaways. But that's going to come natural, whether that's – the front seven getting to the quarterback and forcing a fumble on a sack or putting pressure on the quarterback leading to a pick, those are going to happen. But, Chad, the Broncos have yet, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong here, have yet to win a game in the first month of the season in both years under Fangio. So let's start a little smaller. Let's hope the Broncos can win a game and then we'll go to the turnovers on a micro level. One game. Fangio is 1-7 and one seven in the first quarter of the season. Um Wait, let me make sure I got that right. 0-4 and 19, they won the Jets game in week four last year. He almost went 0-8, but they beat the Jets on Wasn't the Wasn't that October, though? I'm talking about September. September, I'm not sure off the top of my head. In the first quarter of the season, right, the first four games, Fangio's won one of those games as head coach. Point still stands. That it does. Dylan, what's up, dude? That's a newer name. Welcome, Dylan B. Appreciate you. Uh, connect on Twitter. He says, this is only the third time I've been able to watch Huddle Up Live, but I always watch the playback. How many wins does this team get on the season with Teddy versus Drew as the starter? Well, Dylan, first of all, appreciate your support, listening, whether it's live or not, after the fact. Seriously, bottom of our hearts, we appreciate you. And the support here on a Super Chat means the world to us, bud. So thank you. How many wins, though, Zach? Your outlook for this team, does it shift win total-wise, depending on if it's Teddy or, or Drew? Well, I think based on the strength of schedule, which is in the Broncos' favor this year, and based on the strength of that defense, which should be top five, top three, top one, whatever argument you want to make, 
I mean, their floor could be the same nine, 10 wins regardless. It's just that who has the higher ceiling? Who can take the Broncos from a nine and eight team to a 12 and five team? Still weird to say, not on board yet with 17 games doing that math in my head. So I think regardless, the floor for the Broncos in a win uh, or go home here for Fangio, you know, put up or shut up here for the quarterback and everyone involved in the operation, the defense, the running game, the, and dare I say the coaching staff could lead the way to a floor of nine wins. But I think, my opinion, Locke has the higher ceiling theoretically, and if he hits that ceiling, he would lead the Broncos to more wins theoretically. So it's nine and eight versus 12 and five, depending on the quarterback. As I've told you, I think whether it's Drew or Teddy under center, this is a team that's going to be a factor this year. And that's one of the the things that they made a point to do this year is they wanted to raise the floor, all right, of this team. Bringing in Teddy allows you to do that because if you swing for the fences with Locke again and he flames out, you can turn to Teddy and he can keep things steady. Now, is it going to be – I guess I'll start calling him Steady Teddy, but is it going to be Star Wars numbers? No. It's going to be, you know, 18 for 25, buck 80, touchdown. Next week, you know, it's 20 for 27, uh, buck 95, two touchdowns, one pick, that type of thing. If it does devolve to Teddy as the guy, I think you're going to see a, a very, for the most part, efficient brand of offense, but it's going to be very, very, very dependent on the running game and Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams really taking flight. If that takes time to muster, I could see the Broncos struggling for a minute if Teddy is the guy, but at the end of the day, he's seen a lot of action. I mean, when he was with one of the brightest minds in the game and I don't want to, you know, cast too many aspersions on Pat Shermer, but I wouldn't consider him one of them. When he was with Sean Payton in New Orleans, Teddy went, I think six and one in his starts that he got with the Saints. That was with a, cha- a championship caliber team completely around him, both on D and offense. So he can do that. But if you go back and look at even his stats in a Sean Payton offense, Zach, you're not writing hope about uh, writing home about it. Solid, unspectacular, but the W ends up on the board. I want to make one point, though, that regardless whether it's Teddy or Locke, the Broncos have to beat the opponents they should win. And that starts out very fortuitously for the Broncos the first couple weeks of the season. They have the Giants, the Jaguars, and the Jets. And and based on their roster, they should win all three of those games. So as long as they beat the teams they should beat, again, their floor, regardless, is nine or ten wins. By the way, pardon me, it was five and one as a starter. So the first year he was there as Drew Brees' backup, he lost his only start that year in 2018. In 2019, though, he had to play uh, five games as the starter. Let me just run through the stats for you. He had one game in particular that was noteworthy. All right, here's Teddy with that New Orleans offense. Uh, week two, 17 for 30, 165 yards, no touchdowns, no picks, sacked twice. The second game, the next week against the Seahawks, that first one was against the Rams, 19 for 27, 177 yards, two touchdowns, zero picks, uh, sacked uh, zero times. All right. Next week against Dallas, 23 of 30, 193 yards, zero touchdowns, one pick. Sacked five times. The next week against uh, Tampa, I think, 26 of 34, 314 yards, four touchdowns, one pick, zero sacks. 
And then the next week, 240 yards, 281 yards, three additional touchdowns, uh, no more picks. So you're going to get – he ended up in those five games, Zach, going 5-0, and oh, nine touchdowns, two interceptions. So that's a very efficient uh, offset, all right, in terms of the TD to interception ratio. But the way it played out, there was really only one game that a fantasy football owner is going to take notice of in terms of talking about it, you know, like fan, like like Star Wars numbers. So that's what you're getting. And is this Broncos team anywhere close to what the New Orleans Saints were that year? Probably not quite yet. They have the potential to be. It could coalesce into something like that, Zach. But I still think you can win some games with Teddy. Just keep your expectations slightly in check in terms of the numbers. Yeah, personnel, you can make the case based on upside. But coaching, I don't care. In in any universe, any scenario, Pat Shermer will never be anything close to Sean Payton. So Teddy Bridgewater had the benefit of that. Same way they won games last year with Taysom Hill, having to do spot duty for Drew Brees. As long as we have the coaching staff in place. Some may remember this, coaching, coaching, coaching. It's what it comes down to. And the Broncos lacked it last year. But I'll say this, Teddy is who he is. He's a sub-200-yard guy. Two touchdowns or so, one touchdown, no picks, very easy game, game manager. You can win with that. But like Chad said, it's contingent on two things, the defense playing strong and the running game getting going. When either of those break down, it becomes on the quarterback with his arm to win it for you. And that's where Teddy has been a problem. That's why he was replaced for Sam Darnold, of all people. I'd be willing to bet. I don't have it in front of me, but I'd be willing to bet if we were to go back and look at Alvin Kamara's numbers, those five games probably carried a lot of the water right we can look at that uh later on but let's grab eric good to see you again my friend two nights in a row thanks for the support buddy you have become a superstar no doubt he says the thing that bums me out is how can any quarterback get into any flow while looking over their shoulder and taking one-third of the 20 plays Locke needs to mortal combat this and finish him yeah this is the refiner's fire i mean that's the one thing your point your critique of this is not lost on us. That was the one thing that we regret in an open competition is Locke needs as many reps as he can get, and you're taking some away to give to Teddy in this situation. But nevertheless, that's the situation he finds himself in, Zach. It's the refiner's fire. He says here, Locke needs to mortal combat this and finish him. You're right. This is it. I mean, this is it for Drew. If he does not shine between now and September, I don't think he ever gets a viable shot to compete for being QB1 in the league again. We know it won't happen in Denver, but I'm talking in the league. Slim chance. So this is it. Is he going to rise to the occasion, having never really had to sing for his supper? Like, don't get me wrong. All those years in, at Mizzou and his first two years in Denver, you know, as a pro, he's not really competing for a job, but you do have to justify your place as the man through your play. Those are two different things. They're similar but they're two different things. This is really the first time since I don't know when, maybe all the way back to his high school days. I'm not 100% sure, Zach, but this is the first time in recent memory Drew Locke has actually had to sing for his supper. It's put up or shut up. It's be better than the the next guy or you don't get the job. And, hey, we're going to learn something new about Drew depending on how he navigates this particular situation. You know, you said he might not get another shot in the NFL if he bombs out this season. And, you know, coming from a lock supporter, he shouldn't get another shot. Same way Paxton Lynch, even though he had a first-round pedigree, he never got a starting shot ever again after his Broncos uh, fallout. He was always a career backup, and I believe he's 
unsigned as of right now. He was with the Steelers. So that's what's going to happen to Drew, and it should happen to Drew. And I, I want him to succeed because I want the Broncos to do well. But if he doesn't succeed, if he makes the Broncos worse, I want him to be gone and removed from that position and replaced by Bridgewater for now, and then we'll re-explore that in the offseason. But this is his last shot, and Chad and I, for right now, it's still June 7th. We still believe he's going to rise to that challenge. We still believe, might not get the year of Drew Locke, but we're going to see a competent quarterback this year in Denver. But if we don't see that, we'll be the first ones up here to admit he had a shot, he blew it, time to move on. You know, some guys, I mean, when you get to the pro level, the refiner's fire, you either burn up in the sun or it makes you stronger, makes you better. You you know, like there's some guys that just perform better when the, when the light is on. And this is Drew's opportunity to prove he's one of those guys because that's what it takes to win in the league. Like you have to be a guy that doesn't, that is not frustrated or goes into a shell when things, when conditions around you are not perfect, or if there's a threat to your standing as the guy, I mean, you need to be able to stiff arm that, right. And persevere and rise above it. Now drew up to this point, I'm not sure he's been in a situation where he's really had to do that. And so this will be a very telling summer. As I've been saying, though, Zach as well, for the last few months since Teddy came, uh, month and a half, I guess, month, uh, I'm still, when it all is said and done and it comes out in the wash, all right, you put it in the wash, goes through the spin cycle, now you put it in the dryer, you pull the T-shirt out. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. 
The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Did you shrink the damn thing? Is it destroyed? Did you accidentally get bleach in it? No, it's still good. You can hang it up and wear it. Bright colors, looks good. When it all comes out in the wash and we know, well, no, but we're not there yet. Uh, Sam Bam, what's up, dude? Appreciate you, bro. That's a very generous super chat. He says, hi, Chad and Zach. Are Quinn Miners and Lloyd Cushenberry in an official competition for the starting center position? Also, is Bobby Massey the sharpened, uh, sharpied in starting right tackle, barring injury? Go Drew Locke, let him hate. Um, they are, yeah, I would say it's an official competition between Miners and um Cushionberry. We can get to the quote. I know Luke asked, um, I think it was Luke's question to, to Dalton Reisner about that particular competition, but here's what, here's what they said real quick, Zach, and then I want to serve this over to you. This is what Reisner said today about that particular roster battle that is unfolding. Quote, they're both doing a heck of a job. Lloyd has grown so much and he worked so hard over this offseason. That's encouraging. I think he looks really good. He's calling it out really well. That's who I'm working with right now on, on the ones. So a lot of respect towards Lloyd. I think he's grown and he's going to continue to grow. Man, it's so fun to be with these guys. Quinn Miners being the rookie, man, I have so much respect for him and his story and who he is as a person. It's been great to get to know him. I love his work ethic, and I think he's going to continue to uh, grow this year. So it's awesome that people are excited about it. There's competition all over the board. I promise you guys, it's not only at the center position. So yes, competition at center. We're trying to put the best five guys on the field and 11 on the field for offense. We've been working our tails off. There's competition everywhere. I think that tells us and tells you guys that we're going to have a great team this year because we have so much great competition. I love both those guys, man. They've been doing a heck of a job. Close quotes, Zach. Well, first of all, I think, yeah, they made it pretty clear the night they drafted Miners. It's an open competition. That's why they use such a relatively high round pick on him. It's, and I think he's the favorite right now. I'm not hearing great things coming out of Broncos camp about Cushenberry, his strength issues, uh, some technique issues, some, uh, you know, some intensity issues. Hopefully he picks it up. I had a lot of high hopes for him. In terms of the tackle, I said it from day one. I don't support it, but I do think Cameron Fleming will win this job. Just my gut feeling, and it doesn't help that Bobby Masty's been nicked up. He missed practice today. Fleming's been in there taking the reps with the ones. I want Massey to win, but I don't think he's going to, and they have to hope that Cameron Fleming suddenly grows a brain because he didn't have one in Dallas or New York last year. Real quick, John, before we grab the next Super Chat, um, I don't want to forget this because the topics are swaying so much toward quarterback right now, but the Broncos did uh, – I don't want to get out of this. The Broncos did make a – Couple of roster moves today. Let me get. How do I how do I close this? What's my own website? It's the summer of Audi, Chad. Let me try this again. Uh, the Denver Broncos signed 
Texas, uh, former Texans, excuse me, linebacker, Peter Columbia, I think is how you say his name. Columbia might be Columbia. I'm not sure exactly. I'll have to check with PR on that, but um, signed him per uh, Aaron Wilson, former Stanford uh, college guy, and then Houston Texans linebacker. He's got a lot of experience. Sounds like he's projecting more as an edge from what I'm hearing, Zach, more of an outside Mm -hmm. guy, but I'm not 100% certain you had the write-up. So tell us tell us about this kid. I mean, I can't say I'm well-versed on Peter Columbia, but he has 41 games of experience. He's all with the Texans. He was a six-round pick for him. Played his college ball at Stanford. He's a pretty uh, speedy athletic linebacker. He ran a 4.57 at the combine, 4.53, one of those numbers. Uh, so he has some juice to him. He drew pre-draft comparisons to a former Broncos linebacker, Stansley Maponga, Uh, So that's interesting there. But, you know, as I wrote, the Broncos are very, very good at inside and outside linebacker. And unless he blows away Tom McMahon on special teams, I don't see a a, a 53-man role for Peter Columbia. Yeah, we'll see. Right now it kind of smacks of just kind of some edge depth. But along the way, didn't the Broncos release a safety? They cut one of their – Yeah, Chris Cooper. Chris Cooper's gone. So there you have it. Those are the two roster moves today. Um, you know, nothing too sensational, but hey, it's movement. They're going to keep churning the bottom of that roster as they see how competitions are shaking out. And they go, "Mm, we feel like we need a little bit more depth on edge because Jonathan Cooper is bouncing back from that heart ablation uh, procedure he had. So we probably need to get another guy in here that can keep the reps and everything rolling the way we need it to until we get Cooper 100% back and all that. And then meanwhile, someone's got to go. We're going to go ahead and say Cooper hit the bricks. Uh, real quick, Dave from Georgia. What's up, brother? Good to see you. Appreciate you. He says, James filing a grievance against the Broncos is horse doo-doo. He should be making the union pay his salary. Good point. They're the ones that were advising players to train on their own. Hashtag Broncos country. Zach, we know that Jawan James, at least in part, uh, would agree with the at least the sentiment of Dave's Super Chat here. Yeah, I mean – I don't know. I think most of us, if we had $10 million taken from us, I think we'd do the same thing. If we can get away with it, it's like slipping in Walmart. You're, you're always thinking of suing right away. But um, I don't know whether he's going to be successful. I think the Broncos have a pretty solid case because the take it up with the NFLPA. Take it up with J.C. Treader. Take it up with D. Maurice Smith. They told you to work away from the facility. So it's not our fault that you were taking their recommendations I don't see him getting $15 million in lost wages. And maybe if I was Juwan James, I'd be happy with the $17 million I already collected for 63 snaps back in 2019. Yeah, don't feel, you know, he's, he's, got, a, he's got a few dollars to console himself with in the meantime. Plus, he's got a nice opportunity with the Ravens. So we'll see how it plays out for him. But I'd be stunned if the Broncos were to lose this grievance uh, in arbitration. All right, let's see here. Kane, what's up, dude? living descendant of Billy the Kid with us here again tonight. Love you, buddy. He says, the haters are so amusing to me. Let them hate, baby. Let them hate indeed. And right now, there's a lot of that going on. It is what it is. Look, guys, again, we'll be the first ones here. If Drew Locke ultimately ends up falling on his face, we'll be here We'll be here to tell you that, hey, you know, we our expectations on him, what we were projecting was wrong. But – even if that's how it shakes out, Zach, does it justify the vitriol? No. And I don't think it's going to shake out that way. I really don't. So let him hate. We'll see how it shakes out. But I think Drew Locke ends up coming out on top in this. 
look, the Broncos invested a second round pick and traded up to grab Drew Locke. They put in the time, the TLC, the coaching. They, you know, made draft picks around this dude. They called him on the phone to say, hey, should we draft Albert O? You know, this is they, they got a lot on Drew, but they had to raise the floor. They couldn't go into this season, Zach, with Jeff Driscoll as the failsafe or Brett Rippon, for that matter, as the failsafe because jobs are on the line. They're always on the line. But this year in particular for the coaching staff, jobs are on the line. So Teddy provides the failsafe. Broncos still want Drew to work out in the, you know, if at all possible, but he's got to seize the day. Carp diem. Yeah, I agree with that. And uh, Kane, I appreciate your support. You've been so consistent every single day and you're a great uh, uh, follower on Twitter as well. Uh, I don't really see it as amusing though, the constant hate, the constant derangement. It's actually pretty sad to me that people are just skulking on Twitter, hanging around all day long, 24 seven, waiting for a negative lock story, take, rumor to come out so they can pounce. It is what it is, though. That's social media for you. That's why Twitter is what it is, which is completely toxic. Michael, got your swag today? Awesome, dude. Be sure to send us a pic, and we'll uh, flex you out, give you some love on uh, MHH Instagram. We want to see it, so make sure uh, we get a chance to do that, buddy. The Queen jumping in. Good to see you again, Christy. Two nights in a row. How lucky are we to have Christy with us two nights in a row? That must mean softball season's over. You know I'm kidding because it's bittersweet, but we're just happy to have you. Thanks, Christy. Thank you, Christy, so much. Hope things are well in your neck of the woods and uh, the energy that you bring to the chat, it's good. I think it calms everybody, you know, even keel. So thanks for being with us tonight, Christy. All right, guys, we are at 58 minutes. John, real quick, I'm going to look at the back end because we're about out of time. Uh, We got Dave. We got Sam Bam. Um, I think we're caught up. Let me double check this. Hold on one second. Stand by, y'all. Stand by. Trying to think if there was any pertinent storylines we didn't grab today. Okay, we're caught up on supers. This is good. Um, A couple things real quick from uh, Dalton Reisner. One last thing I want to read here, Zach, and then we'll, we'll dip on out for tonight. We've heard a lot of different Broncos Uh, at this point, mostly wide receivers be asked about their initial impressions of Teddy and Drew and to talk about the competition and all that stuff. We even heard Garrett Bowles address it in a very clunky kind of way, but Dalton Reisner addressed it today via a direct question about quarterback chemistry with the offensive line and how that changes when it's a different quarterback and all that stuff. And it's interesting to hear, to to hear his comment, which I'm going to quote here, Zach, because we know this is a relatively biased guy. Drew Locke's one of his best buddies on the team, right? They came up together, roomed together. They were back-to-back picks in the 2019 class. You know, they got a lot of skin in the game together. So he's got an emotional bond and connection and trust and intimacy with Drew that he just hasn't had time yet to even come close to developing with Teddy. So how would you expect Dalton Reisner to answer a question like that? Here's what he said, quote, There's a ton of chemistry. That's huge for us. Every quarterback is different from the sound of his cadence to the cadences he goes on, his drop back, to where he sets up on every single play, everything. Everything is different between quarterbacks. You can find similarities for sure, but there's a lot of differences between quarterbacks. That's not a problem we have as an offensive line. Last year and the year before, with injuries and things that have happened, we've had a lot of quarterbacks for us in a season. So working with different quarterbacks – isn't a problem. It's part 
uh, it's a part of professional being a uh, professional football player that you'll have to be able to do. But both of them do a great job. They both bring different traits. Here we we hear that divergence again, right? Their differences, what the unique traits they bring to the table. I think that Teddy was a great addition to our team. He's going to provide great leadership and competition at the quarterback spot. Drew, I think he did so many great things this offseason. I think he's in a great headspace to go out and have a really successful year. I'm proud to call both those guys my quarterbacks and help protect them. And that's what we're going to do, or that's what we're doing this week and next week and all of training camp and leading into the season. We're trying to build that chemistry with our quarterbacks, et cetera. And he goes on to say, yeah, that's pretty much it. Close quote. So Zach, I think, you know, he's still harping on Drew Locke's off season, right? And that he's in a good headspace. But then you read what Troy Rank had to say today. And one of the things that jumped out to me, and again, guys, make sure you have your lenses on correctly as you read any of this stuff, all right, was that there was obvious frustration on Drew's part today, obvious frustration, et cetera. So do you believe he's truly in a headspace, What a good headspace like his teammate is saying, or is he, as Troy wrote today, pressing and frustrated Zach? I look at what Dalton Reisner said as being a little protective of a player, especially a quarterback that he came up with. I mean, he was, they were drafted to pick apart. So he has almost a, a natural bond and a natural responsibility to protect Drew Locke, but he's also acknowledging once again and repeating the same talking points we've heard the entire offseason about Drew Locke, how focused he is, how locked in mentally he is, and how he's almost a different quarterback than we saw the last couple seasons. But Dalton Reisner is is giving himself some plausible deniability in there also. He's saying, I'm willing to protect both quarterbacks. Whoever's under center, we feel like we're going to be good and we're in good hands, and I'll do my best to ensure we get good production out of the quarterback position. I don't see Locke pressing. I see Locke being a young quarterback facing a top three defense in voluntary OTAs on June 7th. Turnovers are going to happen. Teddy Bridgewater threw one. It won't be the last. This is part of the process. Uh, by the way, this is this is what we mean by locked arrangement syndrome. All right, Nathan? Lock is trash, period. Lock is trash. He's garbage. Troll. This is what we mean by locked arrangement syndrome, guys. It's a real thing. All right? A guy that went 4-1 and one as a rookie set a couple of team records as a rookie, set a league record as a rookie, came in in a very arduous, unique, outlier type of season with every freaking obstacle in the book and even several obstacles that no one could have even dreamt up to put in the book. And he goes like this, up and down. But he still has some noteworthy performances in his second year despite the ups and downs, despite the uneven territory and ground that he found himself on. Just to spit out a couple, all right, real quick. Injures his shoulder in week two, misses the next two games, comes back and becomes the youngest quarterback to ever win at Gillette Stadium. All right, you're going to yawn, right? The locked range like Nathan here is going to go, oh, yeah, well, you know, this ain't the Patriots of old, you know. Uh, what else you got? All right, well, then he goes into a little bit of a slump, struggles through the next few games, Atlanta game, looking bad again in that L.A. game. But then he pulls the Broncos back from the brink, pulls himself back from the brink, overcomes a 21-point deficit to win in that game week eight, which is pretty monumental feat, gang, all right? Whether it's Drew Locke 
or any other quarterback to overcome a 21 point deficit in the fourth quarter is very, I wouldn't quite say unheard of, but it's extremely rare. All right. Then he goes on another little bit of a dip comes back week 11, Miami dolphins are rolling, right? This is a team that by all intents and purposes at that moment in time in the NFL calendar, they're going to win the AFC East. They're a playoff contender. Fitz magic to a, who does it matter? Dolphins are dominating drew lock enters that game. What was it, Zach? Four or five point dog at home takes down the dolphins. All right. Then he has that phenomenal performance against Teddy and the Carolina Panthers on the road where he throws for just shy of 300 and four touchdowns guys like Nathan, that's trash to you, doc. That's trash to you. Hit the bricks, dude. For real. Turn off this podcast. Hit the bricks. You you have lost any credibility whatsoever. So I feel sorry for you, Doc. Get some perspective. Last thing, Zach, I want to read here. This is what we were talking about when you heard me say that Locke was, according to Troy Rank, frustrated or showing frustration. Quote, Locke appears to be pressing. It's not uncommon when an athlete is so concerned with making a mistake that he becomes robotic and loses the confidence and athleticism that provides him an opportunity to win the job. Locke dealt with a blister on a finger on his throwing hand that likely affected him on Monday, but it was a difficult day by any measure as Locke showed his frustration. Maybe it was body language, Zach. I'm not sure exactly what Troy meant by showing the frustration, but you know, if you have a bad day at the office and you got a boo-boo on the hand that's supposed to be making you millions of dollars, you know, maybe you can understand that, but it does juxtapose what Dalton Reisner was talking about with him being in a great headspace. Yeah, trolls don't get my attention or my energy. I just can you imagine caping for Teddy Bridgewater? I mean, that's that's your hero, that's your solution. It's pretty sad too. So I wouldn't be judging others for their opinions. And also about being robotic and, and looking a certain way in this body language. Once again, I pose the question out there: Where is the coaching staff? Where is the quarterback whisperer, Pat Shermer? Where is Mike Shula in all this? Why is your young quarterback out there looking robotic in OTA? So, again, some of that has to fall on the development and the, and the, and the people he's entrusted with his progression. And those people, I still think and I will believe, aren't up to snuff. All right, guys, we got to dip out for tonight. Thanks to each and every one of you for spending some time with us this evening. Shout out to every one of our superstars here on YouTube and also on Facebook. Every little bit adds up, and we appreciate you guys. We're off tomorrow night, but we'll be back Wednesday. Fresh episode of the Superstar Segments. We'll have Dale on. But tomorrow, don't forget, you got Broncos for breakfast, 8 a.m. Mountain, 10 uh, 10 a.m. Eastern. Uh, And then building the Broncos Tuesday night with Nick and Carl. So we'll uh, we'll enjoy our day off, and we'll see you Wednesday. And I'm sure there will be some further developments as we get more and more into 11 on 11 here. But we'll see how it shakes out, Zach. Other than that, dude, sign us off and have a great start to your week, bro. Yeah, I can't wait for the overreaction on Wednesday. Uh, Have a good night, Chad, John, everyone out there. Thank you for tuning in with us tonight. Be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. Follow the Mothership account at MileHighHuddle. You can follow Chad at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at KelbermanNFL. You can follow John at JohnKMHH. Be sure to hit up the merch store at HuddleUpPod.com and get your swag on. One of those beautiful hats Chad's rocking right now. Pick yourself up one. Promise you it looks good. It feels good. Go to Facebook.com slash Mile Huddle. Big blue button. Become a supporter. KK 
uh, Trickle Zone. I promise you great content out there. If you can't do that, totally understand, appreciate you. Just subscribe, like, and share. Helps us out more than you know. And again, we'll be back on Wednesday evening, Superstar Segment, 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern. Take care, and as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.